The Indianapolis Colts face another divisional opponent in week two in the Houston Texans, but all eyes are going to be on the quarterback position as Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud face off for the very first time. How do we see it going? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally, in a different location this week. uh, Drake is joining us from South Carolina. He's on a little trip visiting family. How you doing, man? It's, It's great to catch up with you, even if you aren't in the great state of indiana yeah I'm, I'm doing fantastic and i'm excited to talk about this game i think it's a really good uh, opportunity for you know the colts to grab a win but yeah i'm i'm uh, with family right now in south carolina and then um when we do bleacher report on sunday i will be in tennessee and then on monday when we get back to our post-game coverage of the houston texans colts i'll be back in my hometown of indiana so a lot of traveling but man i the colts don't stop so neither do we and uh can't wait to talk about the game here against the texans Exactly. And Drake leads into our announcement. We are doing another post-game live stream for Bleacher Report on the Bleacher Report app. So immediately following the conclusion of Colts-Texans on Sunday... Get on that Bleacher Report app so you can see Drake and I's beautiful faces on there talking Colts and, and, and really giving our gut reaction to the game for at least the first 30 minutes after the final whistle blows. So really, let's dive into the chat because we already have some super stickers. Of course, Stormy Hellbrook, the $10 super sticker. Thanks, Mom. Drake's fantastic mother. Uh, Really, really appreciate all of the support. My beautiful wife, Danielle, coming in hot with the super sticker as well. We're already off to a fantastic start. The CFO of horseshoe huddle patrick is here saying stormy coming in hot before the stream even begins that's just what she does we got greg eggleston in here hand pink waving <laughs> i, I think it was supposed to be like a yeah there you go there you go yeah just just technical difficulties with the emojis there great to have you stats matt as always is here as well and then we've got price colt's d line is going to bully that texans o line we would love to see that. So we're going to talk about all the things pertaining to Colts Texans tonight. But before we do that, please, if you haven't done so already, go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter and subscribe to us here on the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know exactly when Drake and I are going live every single episode. And if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, or here on YouTube, wherever you get us, we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review and like this video so drake without further ado let's dive right into it so as i was setting up the stream this morning the indianapolis colts were one point favorites against the houston texans just got off DraftKings, and the line has moved the colts are now one and a half point underdogs to the houston texans on sunday uh I'm not sure if I agree with that, but we'll, we'll get to our predictions here uh, uh, in a little bit after the show. But uh, um, it, I think uh, it, just by what Vegas is saying, this game's probably going to be a toss-up. I'm expecting a pretty close game. Uh, I, both teams, obviously, with rookie quarterbacks, both teams in the midst of a, of a rebuild, in a sense, and, and both teams know each other well. New head coaches, but the teams know each other well, playing each other twice a year. 
Yeah, and you talk about a stalemate potential uh, for a game. You've got an offensive mind against a defensive mind, and both are new. Both are very aggressive in their approaches. One wants to beat you with vertical shots and explosive uh, offensive plays. The other wants to completely remove your passing game and wants to force turnovers and sacks and pressures from guys like Will Anderson and the rest of the linebacking core. And they've got a very young defense in the secondary that looks very good and very poised to grow as the years go. So I don't see, I don't actually see a problem with that. And it might even swing even more, you know, it might swing again back in the Colts favor. Cause I do, like you said, think it's going to be a close divisional matchup. It's going to be a grindy type of battle. And really I think the best defense is probably going to come out on top. And if you remember, both games between the Colts and the Texans last year, very, very close. I mean, the first matchup ended in a tie there in Houston. And then the the game to end the season actually got the Houston Texans out of the first pick in the draft as Davis Mills threw that Hail Mary touchdown at the very end of the game and allowed the Colts to slide up to the number four overall pick in the NFL draft as well. So uh, crazy how that those plays really played into the Colts getting Anthony Richardson uh, and 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 hopefully the rest will be history but but drake let's talk about it anthony richardson versus cj stroud we heard from anthony richardson this week he's not taking it that way uh, he said the last time that he tried to really focus and go head to head worrying about what another quarterback was doing didn't exactly work out for him it was last year when florida played kentucky he was trying to outduel will levis and it ended up being one of anthony richardson's worst games of his of his collegiate career So he talked about it. He just wants to focus in on what the team is doing, how to make his team better, and how to go out and get the victory. And and I think, number one, that just shows – how, how he's learned from his past experiences. But but number two, it just shows he, how mature he is, mature beyond, beyond his years. He doesn't need to really have that fuel to go out and say, oh, well, C.J. Stroud was picked ahead of me in the draft. I need to go show them that they made the wrong decision. No, that's not what he cares about. All this man cares about is going out, getting a victory, and and getting the Colts their first win of the season. Yeah, and you, it, it's, a totally different, it's a totally different situation playing pro football. You can't think about one player on the other team because otherwise you're going to fixate on that he goes out there throws a touchdown you're going to want to try to outduel him you need to beat him who cares if you throw 16 passes or 25 passes or more if you come out on top you've won the game regardless of your performance you've led your team to a victory so I love the fact that Richardson's focused not on CJ Stroud but on the Texans because he's going to be playing at a stadium that is ready to absolutely run the Colts out of the building Okay, he's not at home. This is going to be a tough matchup. And the Houston fans, you know, whatever you say, I know that they, you know, have had issues selling out the stadium. They're still loud. They're still passionate. And they come ready to watch their team win. And they're very much behind C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan. So, yeah, Richardson needs to focus on not just C.J. Stroud, but that defense who had, oh, I don't know, four sacks and five tackles for loss. They are going to be coming to get the quarterback and pressure Richardson into some bad mistakes. Exactly. We have another super chat here from Patrick. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. As always, Patrick says, I think we see five catches for 87 yards and a touchdown from Josh Downs this week. When you look how Zay Flowers fared against the Texans, we could see similar play from Downs this week. And it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. You know, I feel like the Downs got his feet wet in the offense last week, looked good in the limited opportunities that he did have. That that chemistry with Anthony Richardson. Drake was obvious from Josh Downs to start and if the right matchups occur and if the Texans defense is more concerned about Michael Pittman Jr. and 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 Alec Pierce 
it might, might leave some advantageous matchups for Josh Downs and and maybe a chance for Josh Downs to even get behind the defense for a big play. Yeah, and Patrick, thank you so much. You're always one of the you know one of the real ones. You stick with us, man. Appreciate it. Um, the thing about Josh Downs, I actually wrote a piece on this because I think that he is going to just continue to ascend. I think that he's going to continue building that rapport with Richardson. Second most targets on the team last in the last game. He had seven. The only guy that beat him was Michael Pittman Jr. So as that connection continues to get better, look for Richardson, start looking his way too, because like you said, they're going to be trying to bottle up Pittman Jr. and bottle up Granson. So look for guys like Alec Pierce and Josh Downs that potentially have some bigger games this time. Exactly. And and as Patrick makes another comment here, the Texans' safeties are banged up too. So very possible that this this Colts offense can can have more shots and, and bigger play opportunities than they did against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. So Patrick, thank you always so much for all of your support, man. It, it truly does mean a lot to Drake and I. Uh, you're an absolutely fantastic human being. We really do appreciate you. And guys, if you want to have your, uh, your comments, feature just like patrick go ahead and throw it in a super chat we'll make sure they get to those right away because uh drake and i really do appreciate all of your guys' support uh but drake back to anthony richardson we when i, I look i watched was able to watch all the film this week and really dive into each play from anthony richardson and and i know there was a lot of fans that the the dig against anthony richardson this week was he wasn't able to, he didn't really throw it deep. He didn't really test the defense. All he did was check it down and throw it short. Well, if you look at the film, I mean, there wasn't too many opportunities for him to really release, release that ball. The tech, the, the Jaguars played two high safeties pretty much for the entirety of the game. And it's not like he, he just dinked and dunked it down the field the whole time. There was a 20 yard pass to, uh, 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 Drew Ogletree, there I go. I got there. Uh, <laughs> Kylan Granson made it, made a play. Uh, while it was a short throw, Michael Pittman still took that screen 39 yards to the house for a touchdown. So the Colts did have some bigger plays in the passing game. But again, do you really want your rookie quarterback just out there trying to force things? I, I think, in my opinion, it was better that he showed that he was able to just take what the defense gave him, didn't force things down the field, and, and really make too many mistakes in that area. Yeah, and you know, what's the one thing we said that defenses were going to do, Andrew? They're going to take away the deep ball, okay? And they're going to try to contain him in the pocket and make him just throw short and throw intermediate. Right. Look, man, he had 65% completion percentage. He had under 10 yards per completion. That tells me that he went out there and he did exactly what teams are trying to force him to do, mm-hmm. okay? And he did it. So look now, right out of the gate, first game, they try to take away that deep ball. Houston has no choice but to start to look at those shorter passes. Look at those intermediate routes. Stop the seam of Kylan Granson. That's going to open up the vertical game for Anthony Richardson, especially if they can get the ground game going, open up play action too. And Patrick expects an invite to your wedding, Drake. So so make sure you get get Patrick on the guest list uh, for all of this. As the CFO, you are automatically invited. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Uh, but hey man hey drake i think this this game is going to be fun just because i mean anthony richardson cj stroud whether those two make it about each other or not we're we're still going to be kind of watching that battle how does each one perform and i i didn't get a chance to watch cj stroud against the the baltimore ravens last week but from from talking to our editor jake arthur who who did was able to watch the game 
seemed like Stroud, while he wasn't, he, he didn't light the world on fire. And obviously, the nine points by the Texans last week isn't anything to to brag about. He still made some decent plays. So I don't think the Colts. I don't think that that we should discount what CJ Stroud can do. He's still a very, very accurate quarterback that when given time can absolutely spin the ball. So uh, I think it's going to be real interesting to see there the two different styles of quarterback. CJ Stroud is more of your traditional drop back passer where we saw in week one, the Colts are going to get Anthony Richardson out of the pocket. They're going to allow him uh, to try to take deep shots down the field when available. They're going to get him on, on, design quarterback runs to to really bring the defense in so really two different styles of offenses for these rookie quarterbacks yeah and you know look uh as far as Richardson I know that we're over here talking about you know he had a great game to start out there might be a chance there's a dip I mean you're talking about they Mm -hmm. played a defense that's not like I don't I, I think that Houston's offense is nowhere near Jacksonville's but their defense is better in my opinion than Jacksonville's I think as far as a talent perspective and you have D'Amico Ryans that's a guy who knows his defense so expect potentially completion percentage dip from Richardson a little bit but I'll tell you right now man CJ Stroud he had his first game okay he had his first game against Baltimore that's a hard mm-hmm. team to play and I don't care if they, I don't I don't think they had Marlon Humphrey uh, but that's still a difficult defense to play against in your first ever game. Okay. So what if he showed like he showed that he's a rookie? He still has Xavier Hutchinson. He still has, I think it's Tank Dell. He still has Dalton Schultz. He still has Nico Collins, who's coming into his own. And you've mm-hmm. also got Robert Woods. It's still an offense that can move the ball. Don't forget about Devin Singletary in the backfield, Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, and Damian Pierce. This is a this is a team that is built around Stroud to try to help him. They have the same expectations for him as the Colts do for Richardson. Wins don't really matter. They're just trying to go out there and develop him. So don't discount CJ Stroud just because he had a bad game in his first ever NFL outing. The guy can still ball. The guy can still throw. Right. And, and the, probably the last thing I'm going to say on Anthony Richardson here is I, I think we saw what he could do. Really, the game plan from Shane Steichen, for the most part, in the passing game last week all one side of the field reads just trying to keep things simple for Anthony Richardson again not trying to put too much on his plate too early on but I think he showed he could handle that so uh, I it wouldn't surprise me if this week the he, uh, something else is added to his plate we start seeing a little bit more more of just instead of Uh, I'm not saying this is going to be every play, but instead of having most plays be one side of the field reads, maybe open it up to multiple sides to, to a full field reads, Uh, just, just putting more and more on his plate as he can handle it. I think he showed that everything that Shane Steichen gave him last week, he could handle and he handled it pretty well. So expect things to start to ramp up for in the offensive game plan as well. And then you might see more guys involved. You might see a, a full complement of receivers or, or a full, full offensive game plan here as we get through the first couple months of the season, but just just gradually adding things here and here and there, so that way by the time again we get to the end of the season, and that's a long season, so it's going to take some time. But by the time we get to the end of this season, Anthony Richardson has really mastered the playbook, and there there aren't really any any things that, that anything on in the playbook that he is not able to attack and 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 use to his advantage yeah and you gotta love you gotta love uh critics critics are, are fantastic you know oh he all he can do is throw deep he can't throw short or intermediate well all he does is, sh- is throw short and intermediate and you know oh well all he did was target the middle and the right side of the field look throw all that aside if you're a colts fan steichen is coaching richardson exactly how he planned that's mm-hmm. all you need to know richardson's executing exactly how steichen wants him to that's all you need to know 
throw that away and let's move on to the next game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it sure would help if, if Richardson would have uh, uh, some semblance of a running game, right? Uh, and it lo- does look like Zach Moss is going to return for the Indianapolis Colts this week. So that is a big deal uh, to get his his talent in there in the backfield. Obviously, Deion Jackson did not have the best game last week. And, and the, the Colts running game outside of Richardson really couldn't get going so having Zach Moss back in there he has practiced in full the past two days I would expect him to practice in full tomorrow and be a full go for Sunday that's a big help to to this Colts offense and to really open things up for Anthony Richardson well and you've got you know Deion Jackson he had a horrible game you know I still don't think that that's a reflection on who he who he is as a player he's averaged as a career though around like three and a half yards a carry or three or something so he's not the the best like impact runner okay Mm -hmm. but he's a receiving specialist I think that when he's got people around him also running the ball he can get a little bit better and I think that it's great to have a guy like Zach Moss I think it's great to have a guy like Jake Funk who even though he's been mostly a practice squad player he's also got experience in the league and I think that uh did they bring Huntley did they elevate so, him no so so Huntley is um Huntley is and I think Huntley is still on the practice squad they okay. elevate they uh oh actually they will get to it here at the end but the the Colts released uh Jason Huntley they brought in <laughs> Tyler Goodson to the practice squad okay. uh, but they only elevated Jake Funk to the active roster so since Evan Hall went on IR Jake Funk gets elevated and and moves up to to the active roster until Hall returns. Yeah, and look, Deion Jackson, I think that that was just a really bad start for him, but I think that Zach Moss's presence back in the in the backfield, I I just think that's going to help Richardson immensely having a guy like him behind him, but it's also going to help guys like Jake Funk. It's going to help guys like Deion Jackson. It's also going to help the passing game because you know, the Texans aren't just going to say, well, they've got some third rate backs back there. We can just tee off on Richardson because he's got to shoulder the entire offensive load. A running game will really help him. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't think the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, or I'm sorry, I don't think the Houston Texans front is as talented as, as the Jacksonville Jaguars front either. So there's, there's probably going to be some holes. You let this offensive line get another week working together in this new running scheme that the Colts are trying to build as well. But I mean, you, you kind of mentioned what my main point in all of this was, Drake. Deion Jackson, his career yards per carry average is 3.3. Zach Moss's career yards per carry average, 4.8. So you're you're already getting uh, uh, quite a step up in, in that category alone. And we saw last year with Zach Moss that he can be, a, a, I wouldn't say a top starter in the NFL, but when you need to rely on him to be a starter, he can do that. I mean, he had three, 400 yards uh, towards the end of the season, uh, just in those games that he was filling in for Jonathan Taylor. So he's already proven that he can get it done as a starter for the Colts. And, and I'm excited to, to see what he can do uh, this week and, and really try to provide a boost to that Colts running game. Yeah. And I mean, this was an offensive line that while they were on the uptick, you know, with Jeff Saturday, they still weren't great. Right. Zach Moss had to fill in for Jonathan Taylor and do wonders. Well, look, people forget because of how bad the Colts were and that they lost every single one of those games. That dude was averaging, like you said, almost five yards a pop. I think in the last game against the Texans, I don't care how bad the defense is, the Colts stunk. And mm-hmm. he, had, he still had over 100 rushing yards in the final game, and they still lost. Okay, so Zach Moss, I think that he bring. I think right now, minus Jonathan Taylor, he is the most talented back 
on the Colts, period. Okay, so easily that is huge for Anthony Richardson. You go from starting your career with Deion Jackson, who had a bad game, starting your career with Evan Hall, who played, I think, basically got one carry and one catch. And then you've got um, Jake Funk, who is no offense to Jake Funk. He's a solid player, gritty guy. He's overcome a lot, but he's a practice squad type of level player. So now you're going to get an actual established veteran to do something in the backfield. And that's going to make both Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson pretty happy, honestly. Exactly. I want to give a shout out to a loyal listener here. Truett with the super sticker. Truett is always here for every live episode of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast as well. Truett, thank you all so much for your all of your support here, buddy. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for joining us here once again. So, uh, Drake. I mean, let's we we talked about the running game, but there's other groups that can help out Anthony Richardson as well. And outside of Michael Pittman Jr. last week, I mean, I want to give some I, I want to give some praise to Kylan Granson. I thought Kylan Granson had some good plays. Josh Downs uh, made some plays when he had the opportunities. But really, outside of Michael Pittman Jr., who had a really stellar game with eight catches, 97 yards, and a tud. Uh, there wasn't wasn't too much to write home about the the Jacksonville Jaguars defense did a really good job uh, against these Colts these Colts wide receivers and and tight ends so you're looking for somebody else to kind of step up next to Michael Pittman Jr. I know Alec Pierce has been taking a lot of flack this week uh, about his performance and his lack of production against the Jaguars. Drake, what do you think happens and who do you think could possibly step up uh, from this wide receiver and tight end group alongside of Michael Pittman Jr.? Well, look, man, Pierce, he needs to step up. But the thing is, again, I know he had only three targets for like a catch in five yards. They were pressing the crap out of this guy. They had us, they had another defender over the top of Alec Pierce. I mean, they didn't want Richardson to beat them deep. They knew that he could throw that football, and they knew that the one guy that can beat everybody is Alec Pierce. It's not Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is the most talented guy. He's not the fastest, and he's not the deep threat. It's Alec Pierce. So I think that Alec Pierce is going to have a better game this week because I think that, again, they have to address – Kylan Grants, and they have to address Michael Pittman, and in a way, they have to address Josh Downs. So I think that I think there's going to be some chances for Pierce to really elevate. Although he does need to get better at separation and route running, still has to get better at those. Um, I do think that Downs does need to be just a little bit more involved. This is from a wish standpoint. I think that he has shown that he can he can handle a little bit more volume. Um, but the running backs, they also need to be pass catchers. They need to help. They need to help Richardson out of the backfield. And, uh, hey, you know what? I think that Kylan Granson is starting to show that maybe it's Anthony Richardson, maybe it's Shane Steichen, but he's the tight end one on the team right now. And I think he needs some help from Mo Alley-Cox. It's time for Mo Alley-Cox to step up. It's time for him to prove that the Colts not letting him go, not trading him, not cutting him was the right move. And I think that he needs to go out there and needs to show it. I know that Richardson stared him down for a, a, a frozen rope throw that got picked. Still, I want to see some more from Mo Alley-Cox to help him out. Kylan Granson is tight end one right now. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what the depth chart says, you look at the snap count, Kylan Granson was on the field a lot more than Mo Alley-Cox was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and I would assume that's probably going to be the case when Jelani Woods comes back as well. Jelani Woods is going to be on the field quite a bit more than, than Mo Alley-Cox. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I dog on, on Kylan Granson that he hasn't gotten a touchdown yet. And honestly, it's more just more just to kind of pick on him because I know Kylan Granson is, is such a happy happy guy and, and, it, and he's he's a good guy to joke with but i mean hey 
the, the more Kylan Granson produces in this offense, the more those the more those things are going to come, the more those opportunities are, are going to come. So it, it's nice to see he's still creating quite a bit of separation there, Kylan Granson is. Uh, there were even a couple throws where Anthony Richardson missed a little bit that I thought Kylan Granson could have could have hauled in as far as if if the ball would have been on the money and and we would have seen a bigger stat line from Kylan Granson if if that was the case. So, I mean, if Kylan Granson could certainly attack the middle of the field, that's where Anthony Richardson really really lived and where he had his 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 most production in the passing game this past weekend was in the middle of the field, get Kylan Granson open across the middle and and some things could happen. So I would love for that to happen. And again, all of this within the offense is all connected. If the running game starts to work, bring those safeties down, bring those cornerbacks down, then you're able to test the defense deep. You're able to get those shots to Alec Pierce. You're able for him to do what he does best. Yes, I do agree. He does need to continue to work on expanding his route tree like we saw in training camp because in training camp, Alec Pierce was dominating. It looked great. <laughs> now it's time to translate that to the field here in, in, the, in, the, in the regular season when those games count. And, and, and Reggie Wayne has confidence in him. Reggie Wayne talked today that that Alec Pierce isn't listening to any of the outside noise, which is good. He shouldn't, but we need to start seeing it on the field. And, and I think his time will come, but when he does get those opportunities to show what he's got and to make an impact, he's got to make it happen. He can't, there can't be drops. Uh, there can't be falling down on a route. There can't be a miscommunication when the ball's thrown Alec Pierce's way, he's got to make something happen. And Alec Pierce, if he even gets one deep catch, if he makes one big play, it just completely sends a shock right to the defensive coordinator on the opposition. They immediately say, Anthony Richardson, that's his strength. We got to do something now. All you need is one. You just need one big play. And I think that last week's game really made Houston realize that, okay, it's just one game, but maybe Richardson can hit those short and intermediate throws better than we expected. Now we got to cover the whole field. Now they're probably going to try to force him maybe to throw left because he hasn't been throwing left to the side to that side of the field. But I think that Steichen's going to be ready for it. Maybe he'll have more out routes, more like sideline type of routes. But yeah, like you said, Alec Pierce, he's he's one of the staples of the wide receiver core. He's the number two guy. He's got to get Richardson some help, and he needs to help Richardson use that cannon of an arm just to take the the top off of the defense. Again, it takes just one big play to really start to make a defensive coordinator consider covering that guy, and it opens up everything underneath too. Yeah, it, it really does, and and I think I think once that does happen, we'll see a better offense uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, and things will start to open up and make things easier, not only for Anthony Richardson, but but for everything involved. So let's shift gears here, Drake. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, and we got to start up front. The guys up front made the difference in the game uh, against Jacksonville on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm talking about DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Quiddy Pay, and to be honest, I would be shocked. Uh, I'm going to call my shot right now. I think this Colts defensive line is going to dominate on Sunday. Uh, I really do. I think it's going to be much of the same with with DeForest Buckter getting pressure up the middle. Quiddy Pay wouldn't put it past him to get a, a sack or two on Sunday. the The Texans' offensive line is is pretty banged up, and and that's bad news for them considering uh, the, the Colts' defensive line seems to be off to a really hot start, and and with especially Buck and pay having tremendous games on Sunday. 
Was it you? I'm pretty sure it was you that said that this is Chris Ballard. In your opinion, this is Chris Ballard's best defensive front that he's had in his tenure as the Colts GM. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay. Like, look, I mean, DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay had the sacks. DeForest Buckner had himself a day. Okay. Quiddy Pay constantly was in the face of Trevor Lawrence. Sam Snebicom constantly providing pressures. The rotational guys like Taven Bryan and the defensive ends, Dio Dangbo even, provided pressures. It is a defensive line that is not to be trifled with. And if you have struggles on your offensive line, you are probably going to have issues with this group, period. It doesn't matter who you are because that is one of the top offensive lines Jacksonville is, and they got mauled for the most part. I mean, Brandon Scherf, who is their perennial guy, he got mauled. For the most part, I mean, I'm telling you this, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see three, four, maybe even five sacks because I don't have the numbers up. But I mean, CJ Stroud, he saw some pressures. I mean, he absolutely saw some pressures from Baltimore. So I personally think the defensive front from the Colts is a top 10 group. And I do think that they're better than Baltimore's. I think that you're absolutely right. I think that they're going to have themselves a great day or at least I guess I, I should just say this. They have an opportunity to truly have an amazing performance that could lead to their first divisional win in 2023. Stats Matt is calling for a quitty pay to force Buckner, Dio Odangbo, and Samson Ebuka. Love it for all four of those guys to get sacks on Sunday. And and Drake, what was the biggest thing that we talked about when we were talking about CJ Stroud as being an option for the Colts? The biggest thing, the biggest knock against CJ Stroud coming out of, of the draft was dealing with pressure and whenever you get pressure on him his accuracy goes down considerably he he hasn't really shown the ability to to escape pressure too much outside of a couple games to end the season uh when he was with ohio state do i think he he has the ability to do that absolutely i think cj stroud could could certainly can certainly manipulate and and get out of pressure but he's certainly more comfortable just like any quarterback when he's throwing without pressure so try to get that pressure up the middle with DeForest Buckner and 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 Grover Stewart allow Quiddy Pay to kind of pin his ears back and go to work again I think you're going to have a pretty big impact on on CJ Stroud force him into throwing it before he's ready force him into some mistakes stats Matt says CJ Stroud was the fifth most pressured quarterback last week in the entire NFL um he says rewording here he has the fifth most but 13th in percentage so there's going to be opportunities Drake for for this Colts defensive line to really get after Stroud and possibly get that ball up for some turnovers where you could see Kenny Moore take advantage Shaq Leonard take advantage maybe get his first turnover of the season there's there's going to be opportunities there for the Colts defense to capitalize well and look he got sacked five times I mean okay he he lost a fumble I think that was recovered by his own team I don't think that he um let me let me have it right here Okay, so yeah, he didn't he didn't technically turn the ball over at all, but five sacks for 46, 46 yards, that is that is a lot. And that's uh, mostly that was Roquan Smith. I know that they've got Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, but other guys like uh Ardarius Washington, it's like, you know, you got guys like David Ojabo, you got guys like Justin Matabueke. Like the Colts have a better defensive front. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are linebackers. Now sometimes mm-hmm. they go to the outside, but you're talking about interior pressure stroud can get up and go but he is not the kind of guy that is like your anthony richardson he's not like those like your lamar jackson that can just 
at the, you know, he gets touched by pressure. He's just boom. He's out of there. He's not that guy. If he gets touched by guys like the Forrest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, Samson Nebicom, Dio Dangbo, not saying that CJ can't get away, but he's probably more often than not, if he gets hands on him from a Colts defender, he's probably going down. And it's a really aggressive bunch. And Gus Bradley is going to be bringing the pain with that defensive front, knowing that that offensive line is trying to kind of get their bearings back together after a 16 point loss. So um, again, I love what stats Matt said. I don't know if everybody gets the sacks, but I do think that I'll, I'll go with a nice soft approach here. I think the Colts get an absolute boatload of pressures. However many sacks they get is up, you know, for the game when it happens, but they're going to get pressures a lot. And I bet Samson Ebicon probably gets the most. And and we talked about Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, the linebackers getting involved there. I mean, could, could Shaq Leonard and, and Zaire Franklin get involved? I mean, I, they're, they're coming off of both both very solid games. Zaire right Franklin, on. 18 tackles, was immediately randomly drug tested by the NFL <laughs> after setting a career high in, uh, in tackles for a game for him. Uh, Shaq Leonard passed that big first step, was able to go out there on the field, and he played well. Shaq Leonard was in the backfield making tackles. We saw him flying around all over the field didn't seem to have any issues with his back so it seems like Shaq Leonard is is really on his way back everyone saw him play pretty well out there against against the Jacksonville Jaguars so what do you see out of these two leaders for the Colts this weekend Drake you know Zaire Franklin after getting 18 sacks I really think that he is going 18 to tackles 18, 18 tackles 18 my sacks my god <sighs> just put a put a statue of, of Zaire Franklin next, next to Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning yeah, right maybe now. even sacking Peyton Manning. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, look, 18 tackles, that is absolute insanity. I, did that not break the single game franchise record? I think I think Shaq has it with 19. Okay, it's close. so close. But Zaire Franklin is, in my opinion, on his way potentially to a Pro Bowl season if he can keep up those kind of numbers. He's going to have a, a true breakout year. Um, but man, Shaq Leonard, I think that now that he's going to have that second game back after playing most of the first game and almost getting 10 tackles, which look compared to Zaire Franklin's is not many when he gets eight, but I think that Shaq Leonard gets over 10. I think that he's going to have a much bigger game. And this is a guy that really blitzes well. I think that he could have a chance to get to CJ Stroud and it could be one of those exotic blitzes where, you know, maybe he goes right behind one of the interior defensive linemen and they don't even see him coming till the last second. So Look for 53, look for 44. Those are two numbers that are very, very dangerous. And I think they're on their way to becoming a top five linebacking duo. It just it just makes shores up this Colts defense right there in the middle when you have Shaq Leonard and Zaire Franklin in there. It's it's a very good tandem to have. But again, I think the 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 weak point of this defense, while they did play a little, they did play, I wouldn't say played great but i thought they held their own against jacksonville last yeah. week this young secondary uh, daryl baker jr i thought had played as as well as he could have really there were some throws that that trevor lawrence just made that was better offense which with daryl baker jr draped all over the wide receivers dallas flowers uh really had some had some good plays at times kenny moore uh was all over the field as far as tackles didn't have an interception or anything but you also really didn't see Kenny Moore giving up a big play either last week. So, uh, Drake, do you see this 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 secondary for the Colts building on this performance, uh, or do you think they they take a step back and and maybe have some miscues this week? 
Look, man, they dealt with Zay Jones. They dealt with Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. They dealt with Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley torched them in the first half. Well, speaking of Kenny Moore, they put Kenny Moore on Calvin Ridley in the second in the second half. You hardly heard any more of Calvin Ridley's name. I'll tell you that. Kenny Moore came to play in that game. I do think that they they have tougher matchups, I think, in the case of – I. I'm high on Nico Collins. I think Nico Collins is a good receiver. Um, Robert Woods, yeah, he's 31. He still had like five or six catches last week. So that's a guy CJ Stroud is going to target. Um, Xavier Hutchinson, Tank Dell, those are two rookies, but they definitely are growing with CJ Stroud. And then, of course, um, there's there's uh, John Mechie. Then there's guys like, uh, you know, um, Dalton Schultz at tight end. I know he had kind of a rough game, but yeah, they've got a good, they've got a good chance to make some plays happen, but I just don't. I have Jacksonville in very high regard with their receiving core and their tight end. And they felt the need to franchise tag their tight end before giving him a contract that he wanted and that they felt like he deserved. I think the Colts can have an easier time. This is not to push down Texans fans. We try to have respect here. But yes, I do think that the Colts secondary is going to have an easier time with Houston Texans and their wide receiver core. And I also don't think Dalton Schultz is as good as Evan Ingram either. I think this is a definitely a better matchup for the Colts secondary. And when you look at it, the Colts secondary is young, but so are the pass catchers for the Houston Texans. So it's kind of like young on young. But the guy that does stand out there is Kenny Moore. And we all know Kenny Moore's football IQ. If C.J. Stroud messes up going towards Kenny Moore, that could be a pick. That could be a turnover heading the other way. So um, stats Matt saying is Shaq is forcing a turnover this week. Screw it. That would be defensive would, player would, of the week. I would love to see that to see Shaq Leonard get back on the on the turnover side of things. But but Drake, yeah, I, keep your eye on Kenny Moore. Uh, I just have a feeling that with with these young pass catchers going up against this young secondary for the Indianapolis Colts. The, the the veteran that stands out is Kenny Moore. And and I think he's going to be very sticky with whoever is is lined up in the slot, possibly Tank Dell. Uh Tank Dell is as shown to be a favorite of CJ Stroud here in the preseason and, and early in his Houston Texans career. So maybe he tries to test Kenny Moore a little bit and 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 it could be could end up as a mistake for CJ Stroud. It's going to be a fun battle to watch. That's for sure so so drake as we as we kind of wrap up our, our preview here it's x-factor time give me that one player on the colts that, that you think is going to make the biggest difference on sunday for this team you know what i am gonna go with alec pierce i'm going with alec pierce and i think it's because jimmy ward is banged up i think patrick mentioned this jimmy ward is banged up jalen petrie phenomenal player by the way is banged up uh i believe it's is it devin stingley or De- i think Derek Derek stingley. stingley Derek stingley he's he's also him and jalen petrie are in- incredible they're very good for young players great but athletes I, I do think that alec pierce has a very unique chance to take advantage of some backup safeties i think that if there's a pump fake in there and it's good enough and you get one bite you could see a huge touchdown pass to Alec Pierce. I just think that he's going to have at least one or two big plays that are just going to open up the rest of the game. It's still going to be a close one, um, but I do think that Alec Pierce is, is going to get back on the back on the wagon, if you will, and maybe people can stop talking about how he's not a good receiver. Yeah, I, I do like that, and and I hope Alec Pierce can have a big game. That would certainly not only probably boost his confidence, uh, but but boost the the really just the confidence of of the entire offense as well. Being able to have that deep threat back with Alec Pierce, uh, I'm going. I I think I'm going to go. Nomadic Brian is is kind of reading my mind here. 
I'm going to go Zach Moss. Zach Moss to get the rushing Ooh. game going. So okay. uh, I, I want to see how this offense works when they have a competent running game and how it's going to open things up for Anthony Richardson and, and this offense, you know, going into this thing. I mean, you, you talked, we saw against Jacksonville when there wasn't a running game, Jacksonville was able to sit in their too high safety shell for pretty much the entire game and, and make Anthony Richardson throw it short and, and try to keep everything in front of them. It's a lot harder to do when you have a, a running game and, 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 and you're able to bring those other guys into the box. Alec Pierce could get shots deep, as you said, could open some deep shots up for Michael Pittman even, because Michael Pittman, while he hasn't been used much like that in the last past couple of years, we saw with Carson Wentz, he can certainly be a deep ball wide receiver and go up for those, those contested catch situations. So Zach Moss, I know, is itching to get back out there. I'm really excited to see what he can do with this running game. This O-line is, is starting to come together and, and they'll get another game within this running blocking scheme i think if zach moss has a big game or or can really bring out this running game i think the colts have a chance to 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 really do some good things on offense this weekend so drake let's do it colts one and a half point underdogs to the houston texans now how do you see this thing playing out on sunday you know i think it's it's divisional so i think it's going to be close look the Giants against the, the Dallas Cowboys, throw that out. Most divisional games are closer than that. Um, I think it's 21-17 Colts. I think that Richardson and Moss are going to run the ball quite a bit. I, I still think Richardson's probably going to turn it over once. But I do think that that defensive front, I think they're going to stuff the ground game. I think they're going to force Stroud to have to pass it. And I think they're going to pressure him just enough to force him maybe into two turnovers. Uh, but I think that the defense that plays the best is going to win. And I just think Indianapolis is going to be the better defense. Right. Um, well, let's let's get some of these X factors up on the, on the screen here. Price says Kylan Granson eating up the middle is his. Love Stats, it. Matt. Quitty pay or DeForest Buckner backup right tackle and the interior is young for the Texans offensive line oh. and and Patrick says Bernard Ryman versus Will Anderson oh. so um, it's it's a good one here uh, it's something I didn't mention when we were talking about the linebackers is is the Colt is the Texans also have a really good running back in Damian Price so that's going to be something where Zaire Franklin and uh, uh, Shaq Leonard really have to focus in on Damian Price, not letting him get going, not taking that pressure off of C.J. Stroud so they can use play action to, to and giving him those, those, those pockets for him to really just dissect the defense. Make it so that they, you take away the running game for the Texans. Put it all on C.J. Stroud and, and see what he can do. Uh, Drake, I'm going to go a little bit higher score than this, but but I do agree. I think the Colts get their first win of the season. I'm going to go Colts 28, Texans 24. So I do yes. think it's going to be close. Uh, I do think that the Colts are, are are going to we're going to see a little bit better offensive football. You will see some shots down the field by Anthony Richardson uh, and this Colts offense. And again, I have a feeling this running game is going to bounce back a little. I don't know if they're going to be a dominant running game this week, but getting Zach Moss back will certainly help. So I'm going to go Colts 28, Texans 24, and the Colts uh, after this week will be tied atop the AFC South division standing. So we'll see how it all plays out. Sunday is going to be a really fun matchup. Colts. Texans 1 p.m. 
on Fox. So, Drake, let's look at the injury report. Let's see which guys are going to be playing this week. And like I said, good news for Zach Moss on the injury front. He has practiced in full the past couple days, so he looks good to go. Uh, Drew Ogletree still making his way through the concussion protocol that he suffered against the Jaguars. He was limited today in a red non-contact jersey, so we'll see if he can pass that and be in a, a regular jersey tomorrow. Then he might be cleared. He might have a chance to play on Sunday. And then here's some here's a couple injuries to watch on the offensive line which really could be huge. Braden Smith did not practice Wednesday for a knee and ankle issue but he was a full participant on Thursday so that's a really good sign for him starting on Sunday. But big cue Quentin Nelson dealing with that toe injury that he suffered against the Jaguars has not practiced the past couple of days. He did. He was out there during practice working off to the side with a trainer. That usually means that he's only about a day away from coming back. But if, if Quentin Nelson misses on Sunday, that is a huge loss uh, for this Colts offense as they try to get things going. Well, look, we'll get to it, but that, I mean, they brought in some practice squad signings at guard for this exact reason, I think. And look, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith together, those are arguably two of the best, the two best offensive linemen on the Colts. So if one or both of those guys can't go, our predictions and our entire analysis might need to change a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then sadly, uh, after only having, uh, I think it was one carry on, on Sunday, Evan Hall with tweaking his knee was placed on injured reserve. Now it's not, it's not going to be uh season long injured reserve so that's good uh but he is on short-term ir so he will be now be out at least the next four games uh real tough real tough to see that for evan hall who i thought had a really big opportunity to uh over these over this first month month and a half really establish himself in the colts offense yeah and you know he's he's right there with richardson as far as rookie so you, you kind of wanted him to build together but look injuries suck and they do happen and it's unavoidable sometimes uh, but you just hope that by week five when he's back he, or except actually no he's going to be out Week two, three, four, five. So it'll be week six. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you hope by week six that he's, you know, at least back or at least in a, in a maybe shortened with his snaps or something. Cause he's a dynamic player. He blocks well in the passing game. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball arguably better than anybody on the team at running back. So uh, you just hope that Evan Hall gets back in there. Cause yeah, I was pretty excited about him too. And it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> Patrick, you are an absolute menace in the chat, buddy. Uh, it's hard to keep it together sometimes when you're out there with those comments. But, uh, but yeah, looking like a, a really good, really good health of healthy Colts team for the most part. But obviously, you need Quentin Nelson in there uh, because of the huge impact he makes with the offensive line. So, Drake, as we always do, let's wrap it up with the latest Colts news and rumors here. A lot of, lot of moves, a lot of end of the roster moves. But as we mentioned earlier, Jake Funk was moved up to the active roster uh, because of Evan Hall going on IR. And, and I think uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Jake Funk when he he had some limited action on Sunday was able to kind of get the most of it was really one of he had more success than Evan than uh Deion Jackson did so I'm excited to see what Jake Funk can bring as kind of like a change of change of pace back for the Indianapolis Colts and he also provides help on special teams yeah and this is his opportunity to get off of the practice squad 
wagon. Like this, he is now full in the, he's in the game. All right. He's going to be one of the, one of the guys that's going to be leaned on to help Anthony Richardson. And Hey, you know, for what it's worth, he's been through absolute hell to get to this point in his NFL career. I'm pulling for the guy. He's got some power. He's got a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, a skosh of get up and go. So I hope that you see just a little bit of that. Like you said, with this very limited amount of opportunities, he actually showed some promise against the Jaguars. He really did. And as you mentioned earlier, this Drake, there were multiple offensive linemen brought onto the practice squad this week. The Colts signed center Jack Anderson, who was later placed on the practice squad injured list. So uh, something to monitor there. Running back Tyler Goodson, tight end Jordan Murray, guard Ike Bodiger, and guard Lewis Kidd all added to the practice squad this week. Obviously, the Colts adding up on interior offensive linemen uh, on that practice squad, not only probably looking for some depth there, uh, but also probably maybe just in case something does something does happen with where Quentin Nelson can't go. Well, and look, Danny Pinter, I know he's a center, but he also mm-hmm. can play guard, and so he's out for the season. So even if Nelson's healthy, even if, even if Smith is healthy, you want depth. That's what we've been talking about all off season is depth, 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 the O-line depth stinks, you know, so the Colts are really trying to do their best in the moment to address that. So I respect the move and whether Nelson's healthy or not, it's a good one. So I like it. And, and as we wrap up the signings, Patrick with another super chat here with a great question. Thank you so much, buddy. Patrick asks, do we see another running back veteran being signed or writing with what they have waiting to see what develops with Jonathan Taylor? So we do know per reports that uh, the Colts have, obviously they have been in contact with Kareem Hunt. Kareem oh, Hunt man. has already visited with the Indianapolis Colts, but the Colts have also reached out to Leonard Fournette, the former uh, Jaguars and and, and and Bucks running back, um, who is currently a free agent as well. The Colts have reached out to his group to gauge interest in and start preliminary talks. Drake, what do you think? Do you think the Colts end up bringing in a veteran back like a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette? Or, or do you think it's status quo really until Jonathan Taylor possibly returns in week five? Yeah, no, I look, I love the idea of Kareem Hunt and I love the idea more of, of playoff Lenny. Okay, because that dude is a that dude is so much to handle when he's going. Um, but no, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna bring in anybody because I think they have confidence in Zach Moss. I think that they believe at least a little bit in Deion Jackson, they believe in Jake Funk, and they brought in some practice squad guys to kind of shore up the the rest of the running backs. I think they like what they have, just like we said they're gonna bring in a right guard. Didn't do that. They like the guys they have in the building as much as everyone wants London Fournette and Kareem Hunt. I just don't see it happening. I think I think it'll depend. It'll really depend on how Zach Moss plays. Exactly. If we, if we go a few weeks here where Zach Moss doesn't look much better than Deion Jackson, and the Colts can't get any semblance of a running game going, then I think. Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette are brought in. The Colts do still have an offer extended to Kareem Hunt. That hasn't changed. The offer is still on the table for him. Uh, but but I do think if I think Kareem Hunt obviously is still waiting to 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 see what else is out there, see if he gets a better offer. But it, it's if the Colts see Zach Moss can go out there and and really handle things and be the starting running back for the team. Uh, I don't think that this goes much further, but they are going to do their due diligence uh, for this room until Jonathan Taylor does come back and is showing that he can play like the JT of old 
for this offense. Patrick, thank you all so much, buddy, for the You're super the chat. As always, you are the absolute man. Uh, and then there were some guys that were released from the practice squad. Drake, running back Jason Huntley, like we talked about, tight end Johnny Lumpkin, and wide receiver Mike Strawn. The Mike Strawn era in Indianapolis has officially come to an end because Mike Strawn, after he was released from the Colts practice squad, signed with the Carolina Panthers practice squad and reunited with Frank Reich. So Mike Strawn goes into that category of, of a lot of former Colts where a lot of hype in the preseason didn't translate to the regular season and, and ends up as a bust with the Colts. Yeah. Me, the, the mega Strawn era is over with, I think four or five regular season catches, but look, Frank Reich took Parks Frazier, liked him. He liked Mike Strawn. It's you know what? Hey, I hope Mike Strawn goes over to Carolina. It's a it's a very depleted wide receiver core. I hope it goes over there and lights it up with Bryce Young. Good for Mike Strawn. Big athletic wide receiver. That's front, right up Frank Reich's alley. So yeah, wish Mike Strawn uh, luck and and hopefully he can forge a career there in Carolina. It just will not be here in Indianapolis. So Drake. Colts, Texans on Sunday. We both think the Colts get off the snide and get their first win of the year. It's certainly going to be a fun matchup. And, and I think you already wrote a, an article about this way back in April after the Colts took uh, Richardson and, and the Texans took Stroud. This could be the start of, of a budding rivalry between these quarterbacks for, for the next decade plus. Oh, I think that he's going to – I think Richardson's going to clash heads with both Will Levis of the Titans and uh, C.J. Stroud. It's not maybe not so much Trevor Lawrence because I think for a while he's going to dominate. But, yeah, this one right here, you've got athleticism versus laser accuracy. You've got offense in Shane Steichen versus defense in D'Amico Ryan. Give me that matchup all day. I cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. I'm it's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a matchup well said that's our show for this evening guys really appreciate everybody tuning in and, and following along with us every single monday and thursday shout out to our super chats for tonight dormy uh dormy stormy hellbrook danielle moore patrick rye Truett with the super chat all of you guys thank you all so much for all of your support it really does mean the world to drake and i uh and if you haven't done so already please follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x i think i said twitter earlier and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i are going live whenever shod goes live with the saddle up show guys we're i think we're under 250 subscribers till 2000 so we're almost to that 2k mark so guys if you haven't done so please subscribe 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 on youtube help us get to 2k here during the regular season and if you can't catch us live apple spotify google and on youtube we're all right there for you so make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star review on that drake you may be in south carolina but you've still been writing away for horseshoehuddle.com wanted to give everybody who follows along at horseshoehuddle.com a huge shout out again we're breaking records this month uh and we really Thank do you. appreciate everybody diving in and enjoying the content what can people check out on the site that you've recently written? So uh, should the Colts worry about their running back situation? Answer, yes. And uh, <laughs> Josh Downs did show promise. Um, but I will say that, look, I think Josh Downs, that's going to be one of the targets that you're going to see mesh with Anthony Richardson real well. So go check out that piece as well. 
great articles. Please go check those out. My film review series for Anthony Richardson started on Wednesday. 2021, we had Wednesday. 2022 was the Ryan review. And now since we're diving into the all-22 film for Anthony Richardson, it's all AR5. So make sure you check out my full film review breakdown of Anthony Richardson's debut against the Jaguars. I also had a piece on how Anthony Richardson, uh, his mindset and, and what he's looking forward to, to go up against the Texans and CJ Stroud. And then tomorrow morning, DeForest Buckner and what this Colts defensive line can do against CJ Stroud and the Texans. So make sure you go check all of those out and all of the, the fantastic work that all of our writers do at horseshoehuddle.com. You can follow Drake on X at DWalster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Sunday afternoon live on the Bleacher Report app to break down the game instantly after the final whistle. And we'll be back here on Horseshoe Huddle on Monday night to break it down and give you an ex, uh, a really deep dive into everything that went down between the Colts and the Houston Texans. So everybody enjoy your weekend and we'll see you Sunday or Monday night. Take it easy.